How you doing everybody? Armand here, Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023, week eight. I always like to know what week it is in the year, 52 weeks, and it's a rhythm. How are you doing with your goals? Somewhere after the first month of the new year is usually when the rhythm of things or the excitement of and the novelty of new ambitions and aspirations starts to wear off. So then it comes down to really your discipline, your schedule, your rhythm that you've been able to find or establish for achieving those aims. Remembering that life in general and the year, if you look at 52 weeks, is more of a marathon, not a sprint. Right? There are definitely sprints and ways you, you kind of power up and get through certain periods, but in the long run, it's about creating a rhythm and understanding the cycles of life, the cycles of a week, the cycles of a year, uh, the master philosopher Dario Salas, my teacher of all teachers, uh, speaks about the messages we receive from nature. So we have plans in life, and then life continues to show us other things, other needs. And we can't be so rigid before that. We have to be adaptable. We have to be ready to innovate on the spot. That's what the best athletes do, right? That's what the best performers do. I mean, maybe not in Hollywood where they have scripts and they have to kind of go by that, but um, let's say on Broadway or um, improvisational like comedians, things of that nature. You're feeding off the crowd. Maybe you go a different way with your set. Mike Tyson, obviously the famous boxer, said everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And then you're in a fight and you have to be ready to adapt and maybe change your strategy. So I think that's a great uh, point um, in general, you know, to, to consider as we go in towards the end of the first quarter um, of the year. Uh, I always love the springtime. We'll talk about it again, but March 21st, the first day of spring, also the Persian New Year, what we call Nowruz, um, is really, I think, the new year for the earth, at least in this part of the world where everything's being kind of reborn and coming back to life. It's nature's rebirth. It's a wonderful time. So uh, I really appreciate that because that's kind of the end of the first quarter. So it gives me and it gives us all a second chance to, we had the January 1st new year with the calendar year, and then we get a nature's new year coming up uh, another month from now. So. Something else to consider. Uh, my birthday is also on March 4th, so that's another, a third kind of new year. Whenever your new cycle starts, your new solar cycle is another chance to have revisit your goals for this year of your life. So what do we want to talk about today? Um, I usually don't plan too much. I, I went in the back room and did some meditation, and what came to me... Um, today was really just looking at the major systems in our society, uh, the education system, the health system, the political system. We don't have time to talk about all of that, so I'll pick maybe one or two examples. And um, this, this feeling I've had for quite some time and in discussions with others, uh, and even coming through COVID and what we've seen the world go through, um, I can speak mostly from a U.S. perspective because that's where I live and where I was born and raised. It's very difficult for me to speak with too much confidence about what it's really like 
in other countries. I've visited plenty of other places, um, spent a lot of time there, never really lived extensively in another place. I think people that have that experience certainly can speak from a different point of view. Um, so I guess largely what I'm speaking about can, can reflect on the U.S. Uh, culture in general, and specifically here in the Northeast, in New York, New Jersey. Um, but things, things are broken. You know, systems are broken. Um, education system and health system and health care. Um, you know, this isn't a political statement, but I think if you listen to politics, they talk about similar things. And um, as far as I could remember, listening back to politicians, they'd be talking about how the healthcare system's broken and how we can fix it. So, um, yeah, um, let's, let's take a couple of bites out of that. So education and what are my thoughts? I have a seven-year-old in second grade. I've been coaching kids, mentoring kids uh, through sports. Obviously have been through the education, public and private education systems here in New York and New Jersey and um, all the way through, through college as well. But let's talk about primary and elementary school, K through 12 education. And, you know, my thoughts are that it's, um, it's, it's long overdue for an overhaul. Um, I'm not really sure exactly how that looks. I'm not sure who has the, the will for it, the political will, the social will, the, the, what the economics look like, but I have some ideas. Um, that's why we created the Golden Square you know, companies. That's why what I've been doing for you know, half, more than half my life now, 25 plus years in entrepreneurship and startup, and um, it's taken a while to kind of bring the culmination of those, all the different ideas and frustrations into very specific solutions and, and, and projects. And this isn't a talk about our solutions and why they're the best and how they're going to solve all the world's problems. It's not about that. But the ethos behind you know, Golden Square and this concept of it takes a village is so vital. And that's why um, as much as I like to talk about and think about global problems and global solutions and scalability of a great idea, what works in you know, Kansas you know, may not work in Jersey City, right? And I just pick two random cities, states from, from the US. Um, so one, one size doesn't fit all. I do think that localization is a very key point. Now, there are key principles that can carry forth across all cultures and languages. Um, on a quick side note, these issues of localization factored in when um, we went global with our companies back 20 years ago when Blue Liner, my marketing and consulting agency, went to India with an office and then Bangladesh. You don't just hire people in countries that you've never been to and think they're going to think the way we think. They're going to be able to do the things we do just because they speak the same. They've added English to as a second language or even if it was a first language. So a lot of details I can go into there about challenges that you face when you try to imprint an American mentality or whatever, whatever, where, whatever your local origin is from and say, well, you need to learn how to think like we do so you can do business with us. And that's... It's not the way it works. You can teach each other, but 
when you go into any new market or new region, you have to understand the locale, the mentality. And so that's, that's first and foremost. I don't think one size fits all. Um, but I would say when it comes to education, um, one of the first things I would say is why are the kids going into an environment for six to eight hours a day and being sedentary 80-90% of the time? We know about all the statistics about diabetes and um, obesity and what an epidemic it is, like the true pandemic, right? Um, way before COVID and things of that nature, it's kids, it's adults. And in the US, we're probably leading the way. I don't know the exact statistics, but I know we're, as far as developed countries, uh, nations are, we're always one of the lowest in the index, right? one of the worst when it comes to that. So I do think it's a global epidemic, but I, let's just focus here. We've been talking about that for a long time, right? And I grew up as a student athlete, so I was always active. I was always, um, that never was a personal problem for me, but I could see it around me and I can see it now as well. And problem number one is in the schools. Problem number one is in the schools. Why are kids, why do some kids not even have PE classes? It's beyond me. It's astounding. Oh, because we have so many other things in the curriculum. I was talking to a, a young high school student recently um, who was saying, yeah, we get gym one week on and then one week off because school is so crowded that on the second week, the other group has to get it. Or it's the high school and the junior high compete for the same one space. So one week it's theirs, one week it's ours. And then the other week we just like, sit in the auditorium and take a nap or just do nothing. Um, I got no problem with kids taking a nap during the school day, you know, a little siesta. Nothing wrong with that for a recharge, but um, it's, it's an astounding issue that um, we prioritize movement, mobility, and um, activity, physical activities at a so, such a low level. Combine that with the poor level of food and the quality of, of food and um, snacks and drinks, sugary drinks. Um, I've had a sweet tooth my whole life. I've paid the price with cavities and different things. Still a battle, um, but soda, sugary drinks, processed food. And it's where we send our kids every day to get that kind of food. Um, We've got our own job as parents to do at home with that, preparing healthier meals, organic, non-GMO, huge advocate, huge advocate of pesticide-free, non-GMO. And again, that's a whole nother ball of wax and topic, but those would be the first two solutions for schools. You, know, you bring in programs like Sips and Kicks, right? Companies like Blend FC or, or your own version of it. You have your staff already there preparing food Give them some blenders, get them some healthy fruits and vegetables every day, work with the local farms. This is that local concept. What can each community do locally to look at its resources? Get the kids involved. Kids come to our camps and love making smoothies. Um, teach them what goes into making healthy food. That's an education. <laughs> Going to school and learning what Vitamins come from which fruits and vegetables and other food sources. Learning how to bake, right? There used to be baking classes. There used to be wood and workshop. 
And all those kind of classes seem to be coming out of curriculums in favor of all these high, you know, sounding, great sounding subjects, um, which again, I'm not knocking any particular thing. You know, I love science and STEM and technology. It's wonderful. There's a lot of great high-tech things. Last week we talked about analog versus digital. Kids getting digital skills, no problem with that, but we need to find a balance for that instead of letting them say, oh, everything you do now has to be in front of a laptop, in front of a, a, a smart board, et cetera. I think there's a balance and there's a limit to that versus, again, getting back to the analog, the tactile movement. So if I started a school, and maybe one day we will, maybe out of the Golden Square Village, it'll necessitate um, us actually showing the model and proving the model, um, but I would consult other charter schools or private schools or um, any, any type of school that's willing to be a little more innovative. And I know some are more so than others. Um, it would be of that, let's say, call it uh, a seven hour day, at least 50% of the time is not in your seats. And I talked to actually my friend Chad, founder of Sips and Kicks, had imprinted those types of ideas you know, in me as well. And we had some good brainstorming about that, a scenario where kids just had more activity. So this would feel a little more like camp and maybe Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts than school, but why not? Why not get kids outside, get kids in nature, more field trips, more days out of the mundane day-to-day -day sedentary scenario. So that's kind of the overview that I can feel right now uh, to communicate. Um, and obviously it's easier said than done. And there's all kinds of standards and the kids have to pass certain standards in math and English. Believe me, the kids are gonna do better in their math tests when they've just spent an hour sweating on the basketball court. And then they come in and they can relax and now they can sit and they can actually concentrate a little more because they're ready to, because they've gotten all that frenetic energy out of their system. So get people active, give them some good quality food and drinks, um, introducing some meditation, some breathing and breath work, which again is a little bit of a slightly separate but related category to the physical activity. And it's learning how to be still, how to concentrate, right? How to, how to develop consciousness. Some might want to put this into kind of like the religion uh, classes, which it, it, again could kind of go in that area, but this spirituality and meditations, I think even bigger than that, specific religious lessons that deal with history and things of that nature. Um, it's all good. All subjects and topics are worth considering. And again, one shoe, one size doesn't fit all. In a diverse group of a thousand students in, let's say, an elementary school, you're going to have different interests. Not everyone likes the same sports. Not everyone likes the same subject. So I think choices would also be a good option to introduce at a younger age and saying, instead of saying everyone has to learn all these things. Give kids more choice. Give them a little bit of credit for um, the ability to make choices in their lives. And you start empowering them. You start giving them agency to be able to um, actually take initiative in their own life. 
So let's keep it there on education. We did cover a little bit of health in that scenario as well. And those things go hand in hand, right? Health education. Um, another aspect of education that we'll touch on is something we focus on within KidCoin, which is, we say financial literacy, but really within KidCoin, our focus is habit building, helping kids build good habits. Not every family has access to the same types of resources, but if you're a family that doesn't have a ton of spare change or can't afford to necessarily give children a predictable allowance, it doesn't mean you can't use a concept like KidCoin to help them build good habits, right? They can help out around the house, take out the garbage, wash the dishes, brush your teeth. So whether it's a personal care habit or kind of a family values, family support habit, like, hey, we need everybody here. Everyone's busy with work, with school, but everyone needs to chip in. And so, and that's always a negotiation. And younger kids, they never understand that usually at the beginning because they think their parents or elder siblings are going to do things for them or for the house. And a lot of things get taken for granted. Um, and so that's an aspect of education for the home but also in school, I believe, can be reinforced uh, the way Miss Roberts, my second grade teacher, used to do with her little star charts. And when we behaved or did certain things to help out in the class or tidy up our desk, she'd call it out right in front of everybody. Two stars, plus two, minus one, minus two, and then she kept a star chart that everyone could see um, who the, what the leaderboard was, let's say. And it was very, again, analog, non-digital back in those days. And but it was visceral and you felt it and you remembered it. And it's very different than a report card and how you did on your grades. So that's like, that's the academic part of education. And then there's the life skills, just kind of collaborative part of education. And um, that can happen in school, that could happen at home, that could happen with a coach and their sports team. I mean, I'm a coach of, of a group of young kids. We run a camp and uh, I'm planning to use KidCoin this season with who shows up to practice, 10 KidCoins, you know, um, doing some extra push-ups and sit-ups, different things. You have to be, again, adaptable, as I talked about. You could have a plan and a system, but then you have to kind of feel out team feels a little sluggish today. I think we're going to do some extra laps. Um, everything doesn't have to feel like a punishment. It could be maybe they need a break. Maybe they're burned out from hard practices. So, you know, today we're going to, we're going to sit and talk. Let's sit and talk about the game last week. Let's sit and talk about any, any cool games you saw on TV from the pros. Anyone watching, you know, Premier League. So, you know, as a leader of a group of youngsters or anybody, your level of fluidity and adaptability and kind of reading the room, reading your group, what they need. And then you become not necessarily the provider, but the um, enabler or facilitator of what kind of food it seems they need energetically to be, to get excited, to kind of get, um, to advance at whatever level they're at. And that's the kind of scenario and dynamic in which um, a tool like KidCoin, and everything again is just a tool, and it's how that tool is used.
from the adult that gets to coordinate and then from the group that's that group of kids, that group of students that can benefit from um, a predictable system, a, an organized system where they understand kind of the rules of the road and they kind of learn how to play the game, so to speak. And by doing so, unbeknownst to them, they're building good habits. And it's kind of like a little bit of carrot and stick where there's a reward for doing the good deeds and then you're misbehaving or kind of acting out, not getting things done, and there's a penalty. And it becomes a clear system. So again, that people keep thinking KidCoin, oh, it's financial literacy. Not necessarily financial literacy. It's more about habit building and life skills development. Um, but through a fair system, hopefully a just and fair system, it depends on who's setting it up. Some parents or teachers might be more strict and abuse that tool or use it as a way to really punish. And that's obviously something I wouldn't um, support. But um, like anything in life, tools are provided and then it's really up to the, the good nature, the consciousness level, the energy level of whoever's in charge, whoever's organizing that system to then disseminate it the proper way. And so I'll just kind of close on that note to bring it back to the broken systems and the broken world and how to be, how to keep an optimistic mentality. I'm an optimist, I've always been optimistic, looked at the bright side of things and considered how we can get better, how we can improve. Um, it's not always easy when you look around and you see a lot of things um, disjointed or problematic, but you see room for opportunity, you see room for improvement. If you're optimistic, you look at it and you say, how can we get better? And you either build or develop solutions or use, you know, look at some, look at some positive models of things that are out there and bring those to the table. So I'd say, you know, to affect any of these changes, we need to see how we can um, partner with leaders, whether it's principals of schools or any head of a city could be at the government level, could be at an education level, could be some community centers, could just be other private businesses and entrepreneurs. And that's who me, myself, B-Labs, Golden Square, and our team is, is looking to connect with, to partner with um, like-minded people and also just open-minded, open-minded leaders that also sense and feel there's problems here. They might seem insurmountable, but with enough will and with the right leadership and the right level of energy, consciousness, it's really a consciousness-driven approach from the top down. With that kind of energy level, we can solve problems that we might have yesterday or the previous days thought weren't, um, weren't able to be solved. The things that we don't, aren't able to solve in one level, if we're able to get to another level energetically, we can see new things. We can kind of see the landscape from a new level and a new perspective. And from there, we can bring down new solutions. We can intuit them and bring them and manifest them down uh, into the planet. All right, so let's, uh, let's take that inspiration. Uh, we're doing it every day, but I wanted to share that with you all here and uh, bring it to the world. Peace.